Welcome everyone to the WTF is Web3 podcast, where we simplify and explore the wild world of Web3. Today, our guest is Nelson Jordan. Nelson is the co-founder of Avenue, a DAO software startup. He's also part of the leadership team of DAO Masters, which is something like a review site for DAO tooling. Welcome to the show, Nelson. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so on the WTF, WTF is Web3 podcast, we really try to get into the background of our guests and how they got into Web3. So how did you get into Web3? Sure. Well, uh, I, probably a little bit different from most people. I'm definitely what you'd be described as non-technical, uh, much to the chagrin of uh, my technical co-founder and uh, other co-founder at Avenue, uh, who have to do a lot of these things for me. Uh, but it kind of just shows that this space can be accessible for, to everybody if you persevere. Um, but I was the head of marketing at a startup. Uh, I left uh, uh, that Web2 startup when my daughter was born and um, just wanted to spend a bit more time with her. And while I was doing that, I was kind of experimenting um, with DAOs. I first got in involved um, in DAOs just through hearing about NFTs uh, and, and then kind of fell down the Web3 rabbit hole. Um, I found DAOs infinitely more interesting than NFTs for my personal mm -hmm. preferences. Um, I'm big into uh, anything that allows for like really rapid experimentation and feedback loops and DAOs to me are this fantastic playground where you can have these ideas, you can execute them incredibly quickly and you can kind of see what works and what doesn't rather than kind of debating about the right way to execute. Um, and that's kind of how I got into it. Um, I was very lucky, kind of right place, right time, uh, right at the beginning of DAO Masters, um, ended up, we for the first kind of uh, season that we ran on that, we did 20 tool reviews. I ended up writing six or seven of them. Um, so kind of a, a large proportion there. And then for season two onwards, I, I became part of the leadership team. Awesome. And uh, for our listeners out there, could you give us a quick summary of what a DAO is and what allows and what parts of a DAO allows to do things that we just couldn't do with Web2? Yeah, so first and foremost, the thing to understand is like the term DAO is very, very vague and covers a hell of a lot of different types of organizations. Um, you have lots of different kind of specific specialties, I suppose, within that, like investment DAOs, service DAOs, product DAOs, media DAOs. Um, so, so to group them all in one term is like the same thing as saying, um, you know, I. I work for a company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. But like that gives me very, very little information to work on. Yeah. Um, so a DAO for me is a bunch of people that come together to uh, pursue a particular mission together, mm -hmm. um, and they have a shared treasury, and um, so they can share in the upside, but they also get to share in decision making, which is. When you kind of fall down the rabbit hole a bit, you learn that people replace that quite nice term, decision making, with an ugly term, governance. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, how do you feel people are contributing? Like, why do you feel people are contributing to these thing called DAOs? And how do you feel DAOs are going to play a part in like the professional life of people in the future? Like, do you see everyone working for a couple of DAOs instead of working for a traditional company, or working super high up in a uh, single DAO? You know, where do you really see the future of DAOs in the professional world? Sure. So I kind of um, see DAOs as a new version of existing principles. Um, so the same things that are present in DAOs, you know, kind of shared ownership, 
uh, kind of shared communities in in real life um, like everything we can think of from kind of hippie communes and everything going back through that era um uh, co-ops and things like that again a, a very kind of physical example of how these play out but also um the open source movement and online communities and, and businesses and they're kind of this weird merge of all of those aspects um so i i don't think they're necessarily like completely new right we're taking a lot of principles that have already been worked out um and trying to improve on them um in terms of whether people will work for one main dao or versus loads i think it depends on the type of skill set and the type of person and what they what they enjoy mm -hmm. the same reason right now that we have people that are freelancers and people work in agencies versus people that work in-house right it's not necessarily that one is better than the other they just provide different things yeah. with that said i think there are some skill sets that probably lend themselves to working across uh multiple DAOs rather than singular so i'm thinking like writing for example um it is very easy to say okay well i'll do a blog post for, for this, I'll do a, a research paper for this, an, uh, an article or white paper for this one, um, versus something else where you need to be more of a core contributor and you need to spend more of your time because for a lot of more important kind of decision making in particular, you need the context, right? And you struggle to get context, particularly now um, when you're dotted across so many DAOs just because you don't have the time to fam familiar yourself, uh, familiarize yourself with all the logic, all the arguments, all the background that you need to make a good decision. And, you know, like you said earlier, you're in the DAO tooling space, you know, I feel like in Web3, there's a lot of tools and things that are missing. You know, what type of DAO tooling you feel is missing in the Web3 space that we need to really elevate DAOs to the next level? Uh, avenue really and that sounds like an awful awful shill but <laughs> it's something that we've developed because all three of the co-founders come from this DAO environment you know we felt the pains um, in ourselves most DAOs right now are using discord as their kind of community slash communications hub um, but it's really not designed for what DAOs actually have the potential to do yeah. you know we're, we're doing all these ridiculous workarounds because we're using a platform that just quite simply wasn't built for us. Um, you know, we have all of these channels that we have to follow. We have all of these notifications floating <laughs> around. We have no rooms that are designed for, or spaces that are designed for collaboration and to actually coordinate in the ways that DAOs have the potential to do, right? We have enormous amount of people that want to get involved, but actually getting people involved is a monumental task. There's so many obstacles to onboarding a new contributor. And then right now it kind of feels like you have to take this top-down approach to manage contributors rather than giving contributors the the, the power and, and empower them to, to, to suggest their own work and to do their own work. Um, and so really right now we're just seeing this kind of top-down approach and that has to happen because of Discord. Yeah. Um, that's the way Discord is built, you know, an admin decides Basically, these are the things that we're going to talk about, and this is how we're going to talk about them. And that happens through channels, right? An admin has to decide which channels are there, and they're, they're primarily text-based. But that sort of setup, that top-down rather than bottom-up, doesn't allow for emergent behavior, doesn't allow for people suggesting, okay, this is what I want to work on and why, and then I just need the space to do it. Um, 
So at Avenue, we're creating ways for contributors to do that. So we're trying to flip this model from a top down, you know, I decide what happens here to yeah. bottom them up, you decide. And, and the leadership team for me should be able to transition from, you know, more autocratic, this is what we need to do and this is how we do it, to more, you know, it's my job to facilitate the contributors. You know, mm -hmm. we, we help to pull everybody together set the mission um and kind of make sure that everything is is kind of going towards it but really yeah. the actual work should come to the contributors that's just not the case for most DAOs right now yeah very interesting um and you're going back you talked a little bit about you know how you've had this sort of non-traditional uh you know journey into web3 you know i was really wondering how was the transition from marketing and web2 to web3 i mean obviously there's big differences um you know airdrops and all these types of things you know, what, how was your transition and what are some of the best ways you found to market a crypto startup natively? Sure. So uh, a few different questions there. Um, so the first one with the, the, the kind of transition from Web 2 to Web 3, mm -hmm. I tried to get involved in the space years ago and got really turned off by the, how technical it seemed, you know. <laughs> So yeah. I, I've held crypto investments since 2016, 2017, just from a personal a personal standpoint. You know, never held enough to uh, to, to, to <laughs> retire right now, unfortunately, because I kind yeah. of dipped in and dipped out. But I was looking to get involved professionally, and I just didn't see the arena for me to do so. Yeah. It wasn't until this kind of new uh, kind of Web three approach where actually some of the skills that I had been working on for so long in, in the kind of traditional uh, Web2 environment, you know, uh, creating narratives and storytelling and focusing on communities, suddenly those actually became strengths rather than weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that was that was the switch where I was like, OK, now I have a route to actually get involved. Yeah. And, you know, you talk a lot about marketing and telling a story, um, you know, how do you sort of, you know, distill down these super complex Web3 ideas? You know, everyone comes into Web3, they see uh, crypto and private keys and public keys, and it's all very, very confusing. You know, what are some of the core principles that you follow when you're trying to distill down these sort of complex ideas? Yeah, I mean, it's a well-worn cliche right now, but we are early. And mm -hmm. whenever there's a new technology, it's written you know, and decided by technologists and, yeah. <laughs> and, and people that are, you know, incredibly intelligent um, to to design all of these things, but they're not necessarily the best at distilling their ideas into mm -hmm. some from something complex into something simple. And it's kind of when the second, third wave of people come to this and say, "Oh, when you mean that, you you, you mean this, right?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we're able to take those concepts and and simplify them. You know, and some simplifications are good, you know, because they're they're helpful and some, you know, when you oversimplify, that's not helpful to anybody. But right now I feel like we're trying to work out that balance of what people actually need to use mm -hmm. and what people need to know, right? The technical elements. And I think what we're seeing for some of the tools as they actually develop are saying, actually, what work can we do on behalf of the user that they don't need, you know, to be a, a programmer? To be able to figure this out and, yeah. and to be honest like not all the tools are there right now there are a lot of tools that are personally beyond me um because i lack that skill set and you know just don't have the time to pile in to understand those things 
Um, and I think what we'll see over the next 12 to 18 months is a lot of those tools saying, actually, we can strip that away. We can do that. Uh, we can do the heavy lifting. And the user actually just needs to see a more friendly interface. Um, there'll still be advanced options that people can yeah, click yeah. into when they want to be in control, just in the same way that you can control, you know, how much gas you're prepared to spend and stuff like that. And, you know, as we near the end of the episode, we have two big questions we ask every guest. Um, you know, where do you think the future of crypto is going and how do you think DAOs are going to play a role in that? Cool. Uh, future of crypto. Uh, crypto covers a mass of sins. Um, so I'm going to struggle to answer that one because yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to go in a... Take a, an avenue uh, that you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the future of DAOs for you. I, I will say the future future of DAOs um, because that's at least like I'm not I'm not anywhere near qualified to to comment on what's going to happen in something like DeFi, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of DAOs, it's something I feel more comfortable um, kind of hypothesizing about. Mm -hmm. But what I think we're we're going to see um, next twelve to eighteen months or, or two years is people decide what use cases are really good for DAOs and what mm -hmm. aren't. Um, and I think we're seeing that right now. So primarily DAOs, I think there's, the successful ones have been about um, uh, about gathering and deploying capital. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we saw that with like MoonDAO, sending somebody to space. Well, that that's great, but that was really about gathering capital and deciding how that was going to be used. What I'm more excited to see is different use cases emerging and say, okay, well, we want to make specific progress, say, um, on climate, for example, and you see these regen um, kind of Web3 communities emerge to focus on specific ways of doing that. Um, that's what I'm super excited for, just to see more examples of it working, but also more examples of it not. And I was yeah, saying, OK, yeah. why didn't this work? Is this not a good use case for this particular, um, for a DAO, for this organizational structure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Um... And you know, what are the best Web3 resources to help you get into the space? You know, we have a ton of people in Web2 that have no clue how to get in. You know, what are some resources that helped you out? Yeah, um, I personally love uh, Chase Chapman's podcast. Uh, I think it's called On the Other Side. I don't know. I just press play and it's the, whatever the next episode is. <laughs> yeah. um, that was really useful for me um, when I first got on, particularly. Um, Particularly within that is the mini series that she did with um, uh, the people from the Ready. Uh, um, really, really good kind of mini series to dig into there. Um, like a primer to get into all of these things, which is great. Yeah. Uh, Forefront is really, really useful. Uh, Odyssey uh, is is doing well as well. Uh, Mirror. Um, you've got a few kind of different publications that you can that you can dive into there. Twitter is just a really good yeah. <laughs> resource, in, resource in general. You just have to be careful that if you are trying to learn about things, you don't um, get too, uh, I guess, sucked into the NFT space because that's kind of like NFT space and, and DeFi. Like I'm involved in uh, the NFT space myself, but it can be a fast way to lose money. Yeah. <laughs> You know, not not even, you know, there are the well-meaning projects out there that lose money, um, but there are also a lot of scams out there and rug pulls, so. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the episode. You know, what is the best way for listeners to reach you? Sure. Uh, me personally, um, just go on Twitter, Nelson T. Jordan. 
Um, love it if you could follow along at Avenue Place. Um, you can see what we're building there. We're in the middle of our private beta. Um, got a lot of great DAOs that we're working with um, who are testing out our, our products. Uh, we're designed to make it easier to gain context on what's happening in the DAO, who's doing it, um, how to get involved, but also coordination and collaboration. You know, As I spoke about, we're flipping this top-down model to be bottom-up and just giving contributors a place where they can actually do work. Um, exciting stuff. Um, uh, we've got a long, long road ahead of us, but uh, yeah, we'd love to see people joining us. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for coming on. Everyone, make sure to go follow Avenue and uh, Nelson, all this stuff is going on. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening.